Hello, dear friends, and thank you for being here with me. We are back. We are in season two of Ferocious Compassion. Wow, here we are. Oh, I don't know about you, but I woke up today and first day of spring just feeling really different. Like my energy's back. The sun is out where I am. And I just felt this switch literally like, ooh, spring so much possibility. And I want you to know that during these times, it just means so much to me that we can spend time together in this space. And I'm dreaming of a time when we can actually gather again in person and really putting out a lot of hope for that time to come sooner rather than later. I hope you're well as we navigate through this season in our history, this unprecedented time. So I just want to get started and dive right in. I've got a lot of things that I want to talk with you about today. And, you know, I really had no idea when I decided to go forward and create a podcast last year, how much energy and vitality I would get out of it. It's really been a creative joy to create these moments and podcasts. And I appreciate you listening in more than ever. I actually get a little bit obsessed about these babies, but no worries. I've learned how to take rest periods to keep me whole. So that's been kind of a work in progress as well. So for feedback for listening to season one episodes, many of my listeners, many of you wrote in and told me that you loved all the great interviews and that you would love to hear more from me about, you know, how I'm living with greater compassion. What are my stories and what is my take? Since living with greater compassion is really my wheelhouse um, for sure. And something I've been immersed in and practicing for decades, I'm more than happy to go with this new format and see where it goes. I've learned that in my own practice, loving kindness shows up in the midst of my ordinary and daily life in the most profound ways when I really don't force it and when I least expect it. So it's almost like having little surprises come my way. Season two of Ferocious Compassion will be mostly me teaching on compassion, doing a bit of wise woman coaching, and sharing things I'm experiencing that guide my practice of loving kindness, which most of you know, my listeners, that loving kindness has been my spiritual practice for a long, long time now. And it really does inform all that I desire in this lifetime. And that's not to say that I'm using it as an excuse or spiritual bypassing, but it's really, it just feels like home to me. And it has ever since I identified it as my main practice over 20 years ago, it was like I discovered it and it was like coming home. So for you, my listeners, I hope that you're ready to receive and can really take time for yourself right here and now. I feel like a lot of the stuff I'm going to talk about in this episode is stuff that you can really relate to. So what I wanted to do is share some of what's been happening for me in the past year, which includes a really long look back over the last 10 years of my life. And it was, it's really just kind of quite organically emerged during the pandemic. I was pulled toward deep, deep reflection on time and the passage of time. It just really, it just hit me like, oh my gosh, time, you know, time is so precious. 
And in the beginning of the pandemic, it felt like time was standing still. And I think this feeling caused me to go inward in a whole new way. I was working on my second book and that caused me to really notice beginnings and endings because I was kind of tracing back the steps of my life over the last 10 years and various themes. And I was really noticing this theme about beginnings and endings. So it's been a really slow review, kind of side by side with tracking our, you know, pandemic reality. I'd say that after a bit of sort of fidgeting around mentally and even physically, I stopped resisting the deeper call to sit back and notice. It was like, I thought I needed to be busy with all these things. And then I realized I just wanted to notice And so now noticing has become as important to me as food, rest, you know, fresh air and love. And I feel like noticing is the sister of presence and they get along really well together. In truth, I've never really looked back at a decade and said, okay, let's look back 10 years. So it feels kind of like it was taking a seat in my own biography. And I decided to take it seriously, just seriously enough to create a framework for it. So I made a storyboard and I added images, um, experiences, places, and people. That was really fun. That was kind of like doing a vision board, which I've never really done before. And I really enjoyed this artistic process. And so once I dove in, Uh, the process took me down a path of organizing my life in ways that were mostly inspiring. I had to really stop and think about what the hell I've been doing for the last 10 years and, and really imagine the fullness of my life. It's just like, sometimes, you know, we're so forward, forward, forward that we forget to just like be in our life and really take stock of what we've already done. What I really noticed and what really kind of gobsmacked me was all of the massive change I've had in the last decade. Big, big, big change. And I'm going to get more into that in a little bit. And it's not surprising given all that change over a 10-year period that I've felt this strong need for rest and replenishment, almost like a really deep exhaustion. Like, just want to just sit and do nothing. So I was able to take the longest exhale and really practice surrender. It's like, uh, I remember when I was teaching yoga, I always help my students focus on the exhale since the inhale is very natural to us. Um, it's almost like a survival instinct. And now I found myself needing to take my own long exhales to really clear energy and to empty all the way through. I felt pulled to compost all of the living and loving experiences, all the work I've done, and to notice the life I've lived for a long, long time, to really notice who I've become and where my heart is and and what's driving me at this moment. Along the way, I worked with several amazing healers, teachers, and guides, so I felt very resourced and held. 
And I also really noticed who are my true friends. These are women I've known, you know, either just in ordinary life or in colleagues from my work, but women who really stepped forward into my life in a new way. And then some people fell away. Sadly, shockingly, some people were just sort of gone. Um, so I'm not sure what happened there, but I think that is something that happens to all women and, and not really talked about very much in society. In either case, I really gave myself space to descend into my natural life and rhythms. And I had to kind of undo um, some, I would, I don't know if they're totally addicting, but just some tendencies I've had with screens and social media, looking and poking around and trying to figure things out. And, you know, I haven't been on my personal Facebook page in months, and that's been really a joy. My firm intention and all was to really listen to my body and my heart and take care of my body in a deeper way to really notice what was coming in without efforting so hard and, and to have purposefully slower days, slow cooking, you know, more movement that felt good to me, you know, more yoga, more walking, more being out in nature. And having meaningful conversations with people I love, writing, and then just resting. I started seeing Brenda, the acupuncturist. And initially, I went to see her to help me continue healing my soft tissue injuries, which are still kind of lingering from my two-plus-year-old leg break. So I've had some neuropathy in my left big toe and nerve sensitivity up and down my entire left foot. And she's really helped me clear some old energy and really realize what it means to actually break a major limb, including dislocating my ankle, major torn ligament, leg break in two places, two surgeries. It's a lot. And this event, which she considers a trauma event, has taken so much time and energy that it's hard to even begin describing how life-changing it's been. Before the accident, I was always someone who could rely on the strength and good grace of my body. Very functional, really no major issues. And I now fully realize that I was extremely fortunate for most of my adult life leading up to my accident. So a friend suggested acupuncture might help. You know, in Chinese medicine, your pulse tells a story about your overall well-being. So I learned that my pulse suggested my major organs were in need of deep replenishment and rest. And, it, you know, likely a culmination of, you know, the stress of the pandemic, my Italy retreat business totally shifting, and my body still recovering from a major trauma. So, you know, the saying, our body always knows if we give space for it. So my body for a while now has been telling me to pause. And I've done so much stuff in the past decade that it's no surprise I've landed right here. And I wonder if we can't all pause for a moment and really relate to that need, quiet down aspects of our life. How, how does that sound to you? Do you have that feeling inside you? Sometimes it's an unanswered call, you know, just to take time to notice even this moment, this part of the day or even just, you know, part of a week, you know, it can start really small and grow. So without further ado, I'm going to get on to what came up during my 10 year review. And one of the first things that just 
popped right in was Italy. You know, for me, Italy is a metaphor for beginnings, endings, and coming full circle within myself. I started traveling to Italy in search of a place to host retreats way back in 2011. And, but the first time I went to Italy was 1998. And I knew then that I would be back many, many, many times. It was just, it was like a return home. Italy is my place. I feel totally embraced and connected there. And it feels like I've been there for many, many lifetimes. Um, Italy has everything I desire as a backdrop for retreating. The gorgeous architecture, you know, the history, the ancient stories, the ancient streets and villages, food, the Tuscan countryside, the beautiful people, and what the Italians call la dolce vita, which is the sweet life. And yes, I want more of that. So after raising a family and working for decades and teaching thousands of hours of yoga in Minneapolis, I was ready for something energetically big. And, you know, I've traveled back and forth to Italy over the past 10 years, 15 times, and have lived in Italy for 238 days, according to my travel journals. So I guess that qualifies me as an Italia file. <laughs> I'll lovingly accept that. So when the pandemic hit and all six of my Italy retreats, including a roster of fabulous yoga and guest teachers had to be postponed, it was crushing. There were daily emails, discussions, and tensions that didn't end for months. I knew I was not alone in this realm. And, you know, I didn't want to complain too much because other people were losing loved ones to COVID and the world seemed to be on fire with social injustice, climate challenges, and humanitarian disasters. So my Italy retreat business seemed almost frivolous comparatively. So I kept my head down and just did my best to stay present and deal. I know in my heart that Italy will return and most likely this fall. I'm in discussions with a lot of people, a lot of colleagues and friends in Italy, and there are good signs. You know, for now, we wait in our time of deep uncertainty. I'm no stranger to the teachings of uncertainty, but enough is enough, okay? So it's like the ultimate test of everything I believe in right now. But I know that we will get back. All signs point to yes. And in fact, I have two retreats booked for October. And with the vaccine rollout continuing and hopefully improving and EU discussions of vaccination passports as a way to open up borders, we're getting closer every day. I plan to be there this coming October, leading a retreat where we'll focus on joy, food, <laughs> presence, compassion, pranayama, nature, and much, much, much more. So another aspect of my life review is really recognizing and honoring the fact that many people in my life, many important people in my life have passed away in the past decade, including my dad, my stepdad, an aunt, two uncles, my shaman mentor, a Buddhist mentor, and a dear student of mine, Kelly. So all of these people were obviously very significant in my life. And their passing was deeply felt. 
and continues to be that it's a loss not having these people with me anymore. And I guess I'm at the age where people do leave more and more. And that truth has informed my life focus. I have really moved out of the let's wait until fill in the blank happens to really live my life, to feel pleasure or joy or peace into the now as it is. This time, this place, this present moment is here and I'm going to live here. It's not hard to do this if you make a firm intention in a loving way, but perhaps my energy has softened, making it more accessible to me. I think that's one thing to consider. And I know that all of these departures and some beautiful new arrivals have changed my family dynamic entirely. And that's not really something you think about until you get a little older, but the entire structure of our larger family has changed. My son got married and I now have a daughter-in-law and her family. And I have two precious grandchildren, age nine and five. And I also have my husband's family and all of their larger circle. And so I've learned that with passage of time, we have loss and gain. And it's truly a universal experience we all share as humans. It's the great equalizer. And this sort of big shift and change is where I've really seen my love and kindness practice pay off the most. To be present with change and offer compassion to the difficulties around big change. Also, I have a bit of a city mouse, country mouse story. <laughs> so in 2011, I moved from Minneapolis to the country and got married. Very profound shift for me. I've lived most of my adult life in Minneapolis and have been a bit of a city rat. And so leaving all that to live in the bucolic countryside, you know, with cows in a field next to my house down in southeastern Minnesota was something I never really thought I would do, you know, and then I met a guy and he was building a solar home in beautiful bluff country. So here we are. And we live on 15 acres and our home is situated on a hill with the woods at the foot of it and a little hermitage cabin. And I do truly love it. I love the space and the skies here are just fabulous. The, the night skies are amazing. It's very private and it feels like living in a retreat center. Sometimes I joke that like I'm living a monk's lifestyle. So the city mouse country house story continues in the longer I live here the more I've adjusted. I love our home, our land, and I have become a bird lady. <laughs> the birds are a big part of our daily life here. And part of the change for me in living in the country is that my central nervous system is more calm. I mean, really, truly, which has allowed me to feel more grounded and inward, you know, less scattered and sort of all over the place. Um, maybe it's related to getting older that has me feeling more introverted, but in either case, I'm content with the change. Obviously, I regularly miss my family and friends in Minneapolis, but thankfully we have cars and they're only a two hour drive away. So that's the good news. Also in the last decade, my whole career has really changed. So for well over a decade, I taught full-time yoga in Minneapolis 
and on retreats in both the U.S. and in Italy. Then when I moved to the country, I began making a shift away from full-time teaching to coaching and teaching yoga only on retreats. And at first, this was really uncomfortable. I couldn't figure out where to place things. And, and teaching people through their bodies is just much, much different than just talking, which is coaching. So I was so used to the language of the body and the unseen words, or as yoga teachers say, you know, our issues are in our tissues. That was familiar territory to me. And with coaching, it's, it's more tiring and, and it takes practice to get to the heart of things. Whereas in yoga, it shows up immediately. And as a teacher, we're trained to see where our issues show up in the body and the breath. And I'll always prefer the methods of yoga to get to the heart of the matter, but I've really grown to respect the aspects of coaching that truly allow people to not pathologize their challenges or their heartaches and to bring forth their own loving and wise woman nature. You know, to work with women who are creating a life that feels more aligned with their own inherent wisdom has been a truly rich and rewarding way to work. So now I have both yoga and coaching, and that feels so complete. Another element of my last 10 years is writing, just writing in general. I began writing my own blog way back in 2000. And my writing skills were not good in the beginning years of that. Um, and they've slowly improved and taken shape um, into something that I feel, you know, really okay about, really kind of proud of and reverent for. And it's just really been years and years of practice. So I consider writing to be like any other wellness practice that we return to over and over. And it teaches us things we need to see within ourselves. It's, it's like we're getting out of our own way or getting off our own back. So now I'm at a point where I feel comfortable teaching others how to write. And I plan to add a writing component to all of my offers, including my online classes and in-person retreats. I find that my own writing practice has calmed me down in a way that sitting in meditation does as well. It's a way to empty the monkey mind in the, you know, endless chatter and make sense of my busy and often worried mind. So my first book was published in the late summer of 2018. And then three weeks later, I broke my leg. So we had planned on a book tour and all sorts of hoopla, but that had to be postponed, obviously. Writing my book, A Heart of Gold, has been such a deeply rewarding experience in ways that I didn't uh, realize when I set out to write that first book and to actually dive in and write for weeks on end with total focus is unlike anything I have ever done in my life. And you, you won't know that until you actually do it because there's all these books and courses and coaches who help you try to understand that, that one thing, which is writing. But until you really let yourself go there, you won't understand what that means. And once you're truly connected to the soul of your book, there is no turning back. It's, it's an intense focus. And, and that's what's needed really to bring it to fruition. There's no hacks. You know, I wrote almost 100,000 words. So you, you really do have to write. I'm very honored that my little book, A Heart of Gold, has been all over the world. 
And I continue to get letters from people sharing how the book has helped them overcome difficulties and deal with emotions um, that are unpleasant and, and really come home to practicing self-love, you know, kind of opening the door to self-love. And this kind of feedback is the best review I could ever get. And the main reason I wrote the book, I wanted it to be useful and to help people right now. Another thing that's unfolded for me um, in the past decade, but also in the past year, is that I have birthed a new baby, which is called Within. And this is my online course. So it's really been over a decade in the making and contains all of the wisdom practices of my long career as a yoga teacher, meditation guide, wise woman coach. And as my friend Leanne refers to me as fairy godmother. <laughs> so it's really, it's a 12 week deep, deep dive into how to take refuge inside ourselves to see what's going on, you know, to really know and trust our truth and to, to learn to live with greater compassion from the inside out as we tend to our soul. So it's, it's soul work. There's a weekly call with newfound friends, beautiful curriculum to follow along with. Um, that in itself is a book. You know, there's writing prompts and support each and every day of the full 12 weeks. So we just finished our beta test and it was delightful. And we got super helpful feedback that will only enhance our next cohort, which actually begins on April 13th. So if that's something that you'd like to learn more about, you can sign up for the within waitlist using the link in the show notes. Right now, things I'm working on are writing book number two. Um, and I've been studying with Natalie Goldberg, who is the fabulous author of 15 books, including Writing Down the Bones. She has a strong Zen practice, which links to her writing. And I am just loving being in her class. We are preparing our garden. So we're preparing by planting seeds for our garden. I'm really tending to my health in a way that I haven't for so long. I mean, I've always lived a healthy lifestyle, but I'm really diving into more enriched health for me. And as I move into this next phase of my life, that's a huge goal of mine, being super healthy. I'm also so thrilled to celebrate that I'll be offering scholarships for all of my offers, and they'll be offered to those who may have limited resources. And so during this time, I'm really excited to be offering this and there'll be more information coming out about that very soon. And I have a new course, a six week course and product coming out in the summer, early summer. And it's, I, it's just fantastic. It's going to be everything I've ever dreamed of in terms of putting a whole package together to really bring someone into place and time and learn how to ritualize the practices of loving kindness and compassion. So it's basically going to include a ritual, a physical ritual kit, and this is going to be a huge component of it. So stay tuned for that. Also, I'm really into just continuing to slow down and, and pausing out of reactivity, you know, being real with myself, being honest with myself, um, really gentle communication with others. That's been a big part. Truth, communication with others. 
you know, I've learned so much about, as I mentioned earlier, friendship this past year, what kind of friend I am and, and where I need to improve and, and what sort of friends I have really looking at that, you know, some people, as I mentioned, have fallen away and some really beautiful new friendships have entered into my life. So I'm grateful for all of these experiences. So I want to just kind of recap this whole episode and you know, so I've gone back and done, done the 10 year review and kind of added some highlights and teachings into that. And I just want to say that what I've come to know for certain is that at the age of 62, I'm finally living a life that is, is truly my own. It's on my terms and I'm fully embracing the preciousness of my life. It's, you know, every day is a generous gift and I feel so strongly that we really need to seize this day. You know, even though I've had normal and human difficulties, for sure, all along my path, I've been able to come back to my practice of loving kindness to bring me back in, you know, to my center and to really trust my own journey. So I'm less seeking outside advice at this point. I'm kind of it's like I, a lot of the lessons are just really in me now. I guess I've moved away from being the eternally seeking uh, younger woman into, into my wise woman energy. And that feels like sweet relief. I feel like getting older is, is a gift. For me, being older means I can say no a little bit easier to what doesn't really work for me. And, and, and that means being more of me. So I've learned to slow down and stay present instead of second guessing everything. You know, a huge goal for me is to stay very healthy as I age. And I know that that's going to require me to stay really close to my inner being. And that's what I love teaching others about. Like, this is a priority, you know, your well being, your inner well being. And I'm really comfortable in that realm. So maybe I'm going to get lucky on this next leg of the journey. <laughs> no pun intended with the leg. Um, my writing and my creativity are taking on a new shape and feel really vivid to me. And this has been one of the most surprising things about life in a pandemic, that my creative force is alive and well. So how about you? Would you like to do a 10-year review? Has this motivated you in any way? I mean, I highly recommend it. I think it's a gift to yourself. Like, take the time. You know, it's a way to really know your higher self and take pause to notice all of the goodness your life contains, to notice all of your achievements and even your successes and failures, they've all taught you, they're all good. Uh, I believe you'll uncover, uncover truths you needed to see that will give you a smile. And some things will emerge that really aren't that awesome, but they're part of the story and a beautiful reminder that perfectionism is not it's not for any of us. We don't need to be perfect to have a perfectly divine life. That's a big, big, big one. In closing, I want to thank you wholeheartedly for listening to me ramble about my, my journey. Um, I always do these rambles in hopes that you'll relate and something will come out of it for you. Maybe a thought process or, or something triggered, you know, to go forward into something. So it's always a joy for this Libra to connect with you. You can stay connected with me on Instagram. That's kind of my favorite social media hangout. Or you can subscribe to my newsletter. So there's a link in the show notes to do that. 
And always feel welcome to just write to me at jane at thejanereeves.com. I love hearing from you. I love letters. I love communication. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. And I will be back in your earbox very, very soon. Take good care. Ciao.